Dylan Jones. I am Sean Jones, and this is Volume 1, Episode 1 of Old School New School. You know, I'm getting used to the name because when we originally started, we were Old to New School, and um, I got to get used to Old School, Old School New School? Old School to New School. Old School to New School instead of Old to New School. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, you know, it's been a week since we prelimmed what we were, <coughs> what we we're going to do with this uh, podcast and what we were trying to, um, yeah, with this podcast. So we hope you enjoy, uh, the time it takes for us to, uh, go through, some different things kind of like that's on our mind. It's not, even though we're both sports people, and obviously, you know, you can't, wherever you go, there you are, right? So we'll definitely end up talking a lot of sports, but we like to think that we can talk about just about anything. So um, uh, I think it's important that, uh, you know, what what I always want to do is that all the negative that goes on in sports, all you always hear, you know, are all the, horrible things that athletes do or don't do, or even if, even in society, if it bleed, it leaves, right? And so, I like to start off the, every show with something we call the, the Good News Minute. And uh, what I thought, what I, what I saw over the weekend was uh, the uh, 49ers, ooh, 49ers, <laughs> the San Francisco Giants, you know, football in the brain, wearing their pride uniform, you know, this is Pride Month, and I, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of, uh, not, not, not even perplexed is not the right word, but the fact that we, we have to bring light to, the, to you know, people just accepting other people is kind of stupid in itself. But shout out to San Francisco for doing that and, and, and bringing, setting that kind of light that we're getting to be a world community, a global community that's much more tolerant. Um, like, and even when you say that, right, it, like, it's like somebody's empowered you to be tolerant. I mean, we should all be tolerant, shouldn't we? I mean, but why, yeah. why, is, that, why is that a thing that we have to aspire to? Why, why isn't that something that we just naturally are? So, but I do say shout out to them because I know as an organization, you can just imagine um, what went in that organization for them to make that decision. I remember when you were at Penn and was that whole that uh, Kaepernick thing. Was it Penn when, you went, when Kaepernick started or were you at uh, Rice? I, think I, I was at Penn when Kaepernick started to kneel. That's right. when I was at Penn. Yeah. Right. And I remember this conversation as a team, what you guys were going to do or not do and what you were going to do yourself and, 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 you know, going through that whole process and decision-making as a team versus individual. And, and that's the thing about team sports, right? You know, even though you're working for that same goal to be, you know, champions or whatever, people are individuals. I mean, they're, yeah. they're going to make individual decisions. How did you guys go through that whole process? What, what were you guys thinking? I never even asked you that question. How did you guys, did you guys talk about it as a team? I don't remember if we were under uh, Allen or under Donahue at that time. I think we were under Donahue at the time. But I remember we, I remember they were calling up a meeting and we talked about what was going on and how to deal with it and how um, they stand for us, basically. And it was like, you guys, um, I just remember we just had this discussion because the majority of the players, at that, I think at that time, were, were white, but we had some white players on the team. I think it was just like an open, um, it was basically like an open mic. And we just talked about everything around and, and everything that was on our minds and how we feel about it. Uh, but I don't remember us doing like kneeling, kneeling on the uh, national anthem. And God, no, I, I wanted to, but I don't, I don't think they threatened us that day. Like I think you ended up just standing with your head bowed, right? Isn't yeah, that's what I started yeah, doing. I started from standing with my head bowed because usually I'm like looking around and everything. Or, but I started, what I really started doing, I started like praying. Well, I always pray before a game, but I just started praying during yeah, the anthem. Yeah. And yeah, that's why my head was bowed. My hand behind my back. And uh, yeah, my hands behind the back, my head bowed, and just praying. And, I, and, I, and as a parent, I didn't feel a need at that time to tell you what to do. You were grown, and I think of whatever decision you made, it, it didn't make you any blacker mm-hmm. if you took a knee or, or less black if you didn't. That was a personal decision. You know, uh, Me, if I was playing, I would have taken the knee. Uh, that's just me personally, because I do believe that um, 
what's happening stood for at the time that we're still fighting for now. And unfortunately, the guy lost his career over it, but uh, there are very many things that um, people that stand for uh, will sacrifice things for. And that's the difference between how committed you know, you hear a lot of players or people in general, you know, how committed they are to something. People are really committed till they start losing money. They ain't that committed no more when they stop losing money. And that's what I like about, like, my job I have right now with Coach Silas. He's big on um, just, like, big on everything that you just said right there. Um, he's, like, an open book of, like, anything that we need to talk about, anything that we want to uh, talk about, like, like all, like, the um, police brutality and stuff like that or anything that has to do with Black Lives right. Matter. He's big on that, and he's just an open book, and we can just talk about it. And we're talking about Steven Silas, head coach of the Houston Rockets, who are uh, in the Senate as a member of his staff. And the other good news minute I'd I like to point out, and let's not politicize it, we're just talking, all right? The American government has decided to buy 500 million vaccines for the world, man. That's a big thing. That's huge. Coming from a place like Jamaica, right? Yeah, this is live, so we won't have people chiming in. Uh, but coming from, from a place like Jamaica, I have a lot of family members that have gotten, you know, their first vaccine, and they can't get a second vaccine because, you know, they were getting their vaccines at the time from India. Mm-hmm. And and uh, India, they ran out of vaccines, so they had to start using it for themselves. And it's it's like the worst vaccine for ef- ef- efficacy. I have a trouble with that word. Um, it's not... Moderna, it's not Pfizer, it's not Johnson & Johnson, it's that other one <laughs> when it first started where like, nobody wanted to take it. And so for the U.S. to step up and to, to, to be, you know, provide that kind of leadership, I think that's big for our country. So shout out to, I'm not going to say the administration, I'm going to say shout out to America for making that happen for the world, and I think that's a, that's a good thing. That's a, that's well, a speaking of uh, COVID and vaccines and stuff like that, uh, the United States is basically open now. <laughs> wide, wide ass open. Like, <laughs> yeah, basically wide ass open now. And yeah. that's kind of crazy because me and my girlfriend went to Florida the other day. And when we went to Universal, that was the first day where they're testing out the no mask outside. Right. You, know, you have to wear a mask like when you walk into the different, um, uh, different types of like uh, rides and stuff like that. But once you get in the line, you have to put your mask back on. But now, now you don't have to wear a mask at all. Now they, they're, they're, that's what they're saying. So, well, well, the CDC says if you're vaccinated, you can basically go back to life as normal. You know, you can go if you're around if you're vaccinated and you, you know you don't have to social distance anymore. I don't know. I, but but how, like how are you gonna how can you tell if somebody's vaccinated or not? That's you, a, that's you can because I I found there are a whole bunch of non-vaxxers. And people want to draw a line like only Republicans don't want to be vaccinated. They're whole ass of Democrats that don't want to get vaccinated. I was talking yeah. to a couple of people this week, and they were like running for the hills because they don't want to get vaccinated. I'm like, look, man, it's a personal choice. I get it. But I also want people to stop this bullshit about talking about vaccination in 2021 and comparing it to the Tuskegee experiment. It's not the same thing. Stop yeah. it. You know, you, we, we, we need to stop doing that because there are people out there who are vulnerable, who are not taking it because of uh, misinformation or disinformation. And I, I just think that we need to do a better job. If you don't want to, that's your choice. It is what it is. I'm not going to force anybody. We're not the arbiter of telling people what they should and should not do with their lives and their kids' lives. But at the same time, I don't think that um, we should be spreading information or making comparisons. You know, where that was really an issue. That was really an issue where the government did something that was, you know, just, just, I mean, it's sickening to think of what our U.S. government did at that time to those uh, black men in that experiment. So, but that's not the same thing. You know, it's like, you know, comparing anytime something bad happening and trying to compare it to the Holocaust. It's not the same thing. And also, (laughs) stop saying that. They're, oh, they're microchipping us. They want to know what we're doing. I mean, if they really want to know what they're doing, we have cell phones. <laughs> they could just hack that. They we, know exactly what that, we're doing. That should be a segment. Time. Stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all need to stop saying it, you know? Yeah. But, but going back to that COVID thing, me and uh, me and the wife, we were out this weekend, and I dare say, I miss COVID. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Where'd you go? Because we were just like out of a restaurant, you know? 
the church and then went to, you know, grab something to eat after church. And the day before, we were, what did we, we just sat out. Actually, we just sat out in the park talking and then, then went to go grab something to eat. And uh, I think at Papa Do's or whatever it was. And it was too damn crowded. I'm not used to be, it being that crowded, man. So, you know, part of me, I don't, I, I don't miss COVID like with people getting sick. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I, I think I kind of got used to not having all these damn people around. I guess at my at my core, I'm a misanthrope. I really don't like people that much, I guess. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I really don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> so when we went to Universal and uh, we saw that it was crowded, we was like, because we, we planned to go on like on a non-crowded day. Yeah. And it was still crowded. Yeah. And so we were just like, man, we got to deal with all these people now, you know, in these lines. But, um, but we still have fun, I guess. But it's going to be different. It's going to be different. If people talk about the new norm, normal and how we're going to interact and how we look at each other, I still expect to see, even outside the airport, mm-hmm. I expect to see people wearing masks. And that be, I remember I used to think, think those people were weird. And those people used to wear masks before COVID, right? Yeah. And I used to think those people were strange. And now I think it's, it's actually a good thing if you're uncomfortable and you're in going to be in tight spaces where you don't know what people are doing because you know, people can be germy and nasty and sticky. You know, they just, people are just not, their hygiene is all jacked up sometimes. And so if that's if that's going to be the case, then we need to do something about it. So I'm, I'm all for, you know, where we go next with uh, protecting ourselves hygienically and, 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 and making it that next step. Um, but at the end of the day, yo, everybody wear a mask. Like, <laughs> you still talking about everybody wear a mask? Just wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. I, I know. I, I know a lot of people don't want to wear a mask, but I'm, t- I'm, I'm talking about for like a traveling standpoint. Oh, like, but I don't just, think they have just, a choice. I mean, in federal yeah. places, you have to wear masks anyhow. So at least the government got that covered. Where stop you, fighting it's with the police. Stop fighting with flight attendants on on a flight when it's mandatory to wear a mask. Stop doing all that. Just wear a mask. You know, there's always that joke about you hear crazy things happen, like oh, Florida man, oh, it had to happen in Florida. Mm-hmm. Texas is turning into Florida. There's so much dumbness that's going on in Texas now, fighting on planes, you know, just doing stupid it. That it, it you know, Texas is turning to Florida man. Yeah. It, it's like the new version of Florida man. And, it, you know, we, we it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how we adapt to now being able to move around and get to know each other again. It, 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 you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, but, hey. Let's let's get back into your your stuff a little bit. Let, let's let's talk a little basketball and what's going on in the NBA and what's going on with this version of of the NBA and you know how this championship is going to look. There's a chance that you're going to have a championship with no real stars. <laughs> okay, you could have in the West. You could have Chris Paul leading Phoenix. So you, are, are you saying Chris Paul is not a star? I'm saying Chris Paul is not a. I gotta break my neck to go see him. Star. Okay. I mean, he, he, I, he, he a star, but he's not a star, star, star. I, I think I, I, mean, I, I think I disagree. <laughs> I no, think I, I mean, might have Chris to disagree. Paul, okay, so you're sitting there. You got LeBron and any and and AD and 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 CP3 in the mix, and then you're looking at um, Kawhi and you're looking at PG13 and you're looking at Look at the array of guys that could make it. Mm-hmm. And then you end up with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Those, that's not compelling in terms of star power to me. Oh. Now, they're worthy and they're deserving of being there. I got no problem with Chris Paul. I didn't like Chris Paul. I'm, not, I'm still not sure I like him, you know, what you hear about him. But this whole ignoring the greatness of Chris Paul, that has to stop. This is a guy who, in the last five years, has brought two first-time teams to to the West Western Conference Championship. That has to be recognized. I mean, yeah. people forget that. But for him getting hurt, this whole conversation of the Rockets not winning the championship is probably not even in our lexicon because they probably win a championship. But because he got hurt, and Harden can't carry a team by himself, and so they got knocked out. So Chris Paul is doing big things in Arizona. Devin Booker is a is a is a cha- trained assassin. I mean, they're playing well. DeAndre Ayton is playing much better than everyone thought. Yeah, was a second year player. Yeah. Um, what I like about the Suns is that they they're just, they're just hungry right now. It just seems like they're just hungry and they're more hungry hungrier than the other teams right now. That's what it seems like. 
Well, uh, so, 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 so what happens then? The, what happens? Okay, so Phoenix is sitting there waiting on whomever, right? Yeah. And then you got, you have, uh, uh, you have the Clippers and Utah. It's like, who wants to win tonight? You can't really tell. The Clippers are the most disappointing team to me. They don't deserve to, to win that game because I'm like, this is a team that is talented enough to be running away with things, and they always find a way to Clipper themselves. It's gonna be they're gonna do something Clipper-ish at some point, you know. And, and so I don't trust them. You know, I don't trust them. And don't get me wrong. I, back in the day, I was a Clipper season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, shout out to Stan Lathan. Stan Lathan is uh, Samal Lathan's dad, and and we came up with the bright idea that we weren't gonna pay all that money for Laker tickets. <laughs> so we decided we'd split Clipper tickets and go, you know, because they played the same teams, right? So for half the price, we got to see the same game, including the Lakers. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it was just a different way. But I, I don't know. I, we, last week when we talked, we were talking about the state of the NBA and where it was and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, with a league that relies so much on their stars, it'll be interesting to see. If the Nets don't make it to the finals, and you're there with Giannis and Antetokounmpo as you know the, the, the group that's representing uh, that, that's representing the East, Towns, Alonzo, you know, um, Hey Keith, Hey Darren, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if it makes any sense at all, you know, how they like to push their stars because I don't think that's a star-filled team. I mean, those aren't star-filled teams when you're talking about. You know, paying for advertisement and and game sevens and all that other stuff. I, well, I think the, I think the, how they're gonna push it. They're gonna push it with Chris Paul because it's Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a, a, a seasoned vet- veteran that's one of the best point guards in the game. Okay, so you and believe that you believe they get past either Utah or the Clippers? You think they're destined yes. to make the? Yes. Because okay. they because w- I, I believe I believe they want to go. That's why. That's what I. I Okay, in, in, in the East? I don't know what's going to go on right now because Brooklyn, they, Kyrie got hurt. James okay. Harden's hurt now. Okay. So now it's just all up to uh, KD. So I don't know what's going to go on right, now, right there right now. That begs a question. Can, can KD, can KD with all his greatness, and I'm always bragging on KD, he's one of the top five players in the league, probably one of the top ten all-time will ever do it, blah, 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 blah. But can KD... And his skill set, is he good enough to carry that team by himself? Just him and Blake Griffin. That's the question. I'll go Alonzo. Uh, uh, shout out to Alonzo Heisman. He asked, how's all that resting your stars for the playoffs working? LeBron gets out, and you can protect Percy's injury with the rest. Well, I mean, I don't think – I don't I, – I, I don't have any mixed – Opinion on it. I have a very clear opinion on playing games. I think you play games. Mm-hmm. I remember when I, you know, football is different from basketball. We know that. And um, what's difficult? What was difficult for me was when we were in a, was when we were in a groove, and then I would have to stop playing and wait two weeks to play. I liked going in as the wild card. I didn't like having to break the clean team. You know, I, I just liked continuing to play. Liked to continue to play. So. I didn't really believe in resting and all that. So it, it basketball is a different grind, though. I felt bad for you, and I've said this before. Even with your schedule, Alonzo said playing games. Who is calling you, sir? Um. By the way, that's on my playlist. Oh. <laughs> uh, Alonzo <laughs> said playing games hardens the body. Uh, I, I think so. One hundred percent. That's old school. I believe so. I, I do. I think that you need to toughen yourself up and playing keeps you in tip-top tough shape. And I don't think you you need to rest. Damn it, rest when the damn season's over. That's it. That's all I got to say. Drop the mic. That's what I feel. I say rest. I know you guys are old school and you guys believe that, but take this year for an example. You guys, you uh, no, don't use your example. You guys I'm have, not talking I, about the Rockets. I'm so just saying, let's talk about the Rockets. On a 12 and 75 team, and you guys are resting. Oh, excuse me. We're not me. resting. Everybody's cussed. injured. What the hell are y'all resting for? Why are y'all hurt? Everybody's hurt. 
Well, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about. Whatever, dude. I'm like, why you get hurt and you with the record you have? You shouldn't get hurt. You should never even See how they don't let me talk? I'm just talking. Go on, go ahead. Let's see what you want to say. So take this here, for example. LeBron James was hurt. Right. And he he spent a million dollars on his body and he still got hurt. Yeah, got hurt. Yeah. Only way you guarantee he didn't get enough enough rest because of the Nah, man. Only way you guarantee you don't get hurt is if you don't play. You're going to get hurt. Players get hurt. It is what it is. I mean, you can't, you can't, because you can't predict. You don't know when you're going to get hurt. Now you're asking, uh, Alonzo's asking, do you think he can show up uh, versus elite talent? If, do you think he can show up against elite talent without resting? Yeah, without resting, or you elaborate a little bit on that. I mean, I I think that, I, I think that you can show up against elite talent because that's what you get paid to do. Yeah, I feel like any any athlete could really show up. You know, it's just I, a that's just a mindset. It, you know, it's, it's kind of, it is a mindset that's because a it, mindset. you get to the end of the season, people are talking about the end of the season, right? So just use this as an analogy. If you get to the end of the season and we play the same amount of games and nobody got hurt, damn it, somebody gonna be tired. Mm-hmm. You're still gonna be tired, and so what happens if there's no attrition? If you're not just wearing down because you're falling out. Let me, let, me take back what I, let me take back what I was about to say about resting players. Um, I believe in resting players if the players are older. Like, let's say, like a LeBron James, like a uh, Chris Paul, how they're like 35 and up. Right. I, I believe in resting players is fine with that. But the young guys, then I, that's a different story. See, I believe in resting players during the week. <laughs> so I, I think you get to a certain age. You're Chris Paul. You're 36 years old. I think he's 36, 37 years old, whatever he is, right? Mm-hmm. And there are very few sets he has not seen. And I'm not going to pull the quintessential Allen Iverson practice. We talk about practice. When, I'm not going there with it. But there does come a time where practice just becomes redundant. You know what I mean? You don't have to physically be running up and down and killing yourself in practice. When you play games, you run into a team like the Suns. I, I can't barely see. I think I need glasses now. You run to the team like the Suns that are like young and it. athletic and think you could just show up and. Uh, yeah, you can. I mean, you got to keep playing. I mean, and that's what happens if you don't play and you run up against a team like he's pointing out that's athletic and young and they can run. And you're like, well, I've been rested, so no, I can run too. No, fast players run fast. Okay. And if you're not conditioned to running fast and being at that speed, the game, even I believe there's a deficit in the speed of the game if you rest too much because your body has to adjust to the speed of the game when you start playing again. So I'm not a big fan of wrestling. I understand that my perspective is from a, a, a sport where you play once a week. So I get that. A basketball is a completely different animal. So explain why baseball players need to rest. Like, I don't think they need to rest. <laughs> Why do they ever need to rest? I mean, you can play, you know, and they talk, oh, we just played that tough doubleheader. I need a day off. Really? Come on, man. Kick rocks. No, I, I, that, I, that part I, I, I don't believe in. So I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the base, basketball players have so much power that they're going to be able to construct whatever they need to construct because the, NF, the NBA owners are afraid of the players. And, and I wish we had it like that in football. It'll never be like that. But I wish it was more like that where you have, you know, you have more say-so. Kind of like segue into what Aaron Rodgers is trying to do with the Packers and, and what's going on. Hold on, pause. That, that, Uncle Alonzo, we need to get you on that episode, by the way. Oh, so. oh he, he's coming on. Yeah, we, need, we definitely need to get on that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we got Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, man. That's your boy. Huh? What's going on? <laughs> it's like, well, if, unless you've been under a rock and what's going on uh, with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, you know, because of you know years of being unhappy with how things are being run with the Packers, that he's decided he doesn't want to play there anymore. And I, and I, you know, for Joe fan out there, and I understand. Trust me, I'm Packer Nation. I get it. I, I, I'm lucky that I play for three teams. Right, play for the Raiders. Love my Raider years. Play for the Houston Oilers, the only true team in Houston. All right, love my teammates, greatest teammates ever. One of these days, we gotta talk about your hatred of the Houston. uh, It's not a hatred of Houston, Texas. Texas. I just, I just think that the the Oilers are the one true team of Houston. They should have came. They should have. They should have came up with a different name. They should have been like the the Texas Texans or something. They should not be Houston. 
All right, but anyhow, that's a different conversation. Okay. And and because it leaves us Houston Oiler players as orphans because none of us played in Tennessee. The Tennessee don't know who we are, and there are no Oiler people here, so we're we're like football orphans. Um, Alonzo says that Packers think the organization is bigger than the players. They've always thought that, even when I was there, and so. They're wrong because I've never seen a quote-unquote organization win a Super Bowl. Players win Super Bowls. Keith Jackson used to always say that when he played with Barry Switzer, Barry Switzer would say, like, oh, keep talking about these damn coaches. We need athletes, not athletes, <laughs> athletes. And because athletes, they win games, ultimately. And, and, and so they can't win it without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Jordan Love may be a good player in waiting, mm -hmm. but he's not ready to take the, the reins right now and what – uh, what Aaron Rodgers has asked for is to be traded, and they are saying they're not going to trade him, so you know, they, they have a choice. Not trade him and get nothing for him, because I don't think he'll play. I, I think he's one of those guys, if he wanted to play, he's so prideful that he's not going to come back and play unless something is done and the Packers take the lead saying what was done and it's got to be in his favor. I think that's the only way Aaron Rodgers... Aaron Rodgers does not just come back and say, well, you know... I was thinking about not playing, but after thinking about it, you know, I'm coming back because I want to be with my teammates. Aaron Rodgers is dug in, and I don't think he, he's going to play. But which brings me to the bigger question, though. Alonzo said, head coach already has thrown in the towel. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you can just see the look on his face, the head coach of, of the Packers, when they, you know, it, the grimace on his face when people ask him questions about Aaron Rodgers. And it, when you... Normally in training camp, you know, you like splitting reps. Guys are just getting back. They get, you know, guys are still getting a, getting all the kinks from the off season. And they got Jordan, poor Jordan Love. They got a seventy play script, and he takes sixty nine plays. <laughs> <laughs> you think they're trying to get him ready? Yeah, they're trying to get him ready. But it, it, it's football is a little bit different in in that regard. But I have to ask this question across sports, right? Yeah. Do you really believe what the public is saying that now? athletes are getting too involved in how their sports are run. Hell no. You know, we because it happens in basketball. Involved. Basketball, are, you know, they are very involved. You know, football yeah. players, you got a handful of guys that can do it. Baseball hasn't gotten a memo yet. Baseball players are like Juneteenth. You know, how it took, <laughs> until, it took until June 19th for them to figure out what was going on. Um, but I, I, I think that Anybody think thinks it's a function of money and how much money you make. Is it I a function of money or is it just a function of society's changing? I think it's a combination of both, honestly. Um, Are I you saying you wouldn't listen to a broke-ass player that was trying to run stuff? I is that what you're saying? <laughs> I wouldn't. But <laughs> I wouldn't, but at the same time, like if you really care about your players, you got to listen to your players. So that's I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you a story. Back in, damn, it was 87. We were on strike, and it was the damnedest thing. I, and I was a player rep. It was only my second year in the league, and I became the player rep. How that happened? Well, we were all standing in a meeting, and then everybody s sat down, and I was still standing, and they made me the rep. It was just, it was crazy. And so I used to have nightly talks with Mr. Davis, him trying to get me to tell players to come in and basically break the strike, and I wouldn't do it. And he was telling me I was ruining his team, and blah blah blah, and all this other conversation. And it was funny that some of the guys that were quote-unquote leaders on our team were guys that crossed the picket, picket line. Guys like Howie Long, you know, the late great Lyle Alzado. You know, those guys crossed the picket line. And I'm telling this story because of what you just said about people that won't make a lot of money. One of the guys that I noticed how much of a leader he was, and he was only like a first or second year player, was this quarterback out of Notre Dame named Steve Berline. Mm -hmm. And he was just like a late pick kid, not like a high pick guy, wasn't making a ton of money, and but he got it. And I remember him being in a room and we're, we're having an argument, guys are trying to go in. He's like, man, I can't believe you. I'm not gonna cuss, but I really want to. You know, I can't believe you SOBs are trying to cross the picket line. Here I am, I'm broke as hell, and I'm holding out because we were losing game checks. And it just goes to show you, leadership in sports, and leadership in life, it's not about money. It's never about money. It's about commitment. It's about getting people to follow you and getting people to understand why they're following you mm -hmm. and, and, and saying things in a manner that not necessarily is understood but can't be misunderstood. And he was able to provide that and basically embarrassed a lot of guys that were thinking about crossing the picket line, and they didn't cross. So I think to your point, even though you said you wouldn't, you could follow a broke-ass No, you play. could. <laughs> I, I, I was really just joking. But yes, you could. You know? Um, 
So Alonzo said, I know you can't see that, so let me read this for you. Alonzo said, game built by African Americans needs needs a rule to hire African Americans. Mm-hmm. And then it says the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule? Yeah. Oh, I, I okay. don't think I can, I'm reading that. Yeah, right. well, the Rooney Rule is, I, I think the Rooney Rule itself was well intended, but horribly executed. And it's still being horribly executed. Now, that's one side of it. Now, the other side of it is the economic side of it. I wish that I was a billionaire and I own a team that's worth three, four, five billion dollars. And any, anybody off the street is gonna come and tell me who the hell to hire for my team. You can't tell me who to hire. I'm gonna hire who the hell I wanna hire. So that's what the problem is. The problem is, is systemic because if you have a team that is built on the, on, on the backs of uh, African-American players, but all the ownership is white. If the only people you go out with and hang out with and drink beer with are white people, then guess who the hell you gonna hire when it comes time to hire people? And then the sad thing about it is when we as black people get in those positions, we don't feel comfortable hiring us. Mm-hmm. We still feel that like we gotta hire other people to show that we can do something different. Why the hell we gotta do anything different? If you socialize with good people that are smart and know what the hell they're doing and they are black, why can't you hire them? And that's what doesn't make any sense to me. So now we have four, and I don't know the number, and if Alonzo, if you know this number, I'd like you to tell me. If the four black GMs that were hired this year, please tell me how many of their assistants are black. Please tell me how much of their college, you know, how much of their college um, directors are black. Please tell me how much of their pro directors are black. You know, because then if we're not doing anything about the system, when white America sees what we do when we get in those positions, guess what they say? Well, y'all ain't hiring no black people either. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what the mm-hmm. problem is. We don't feel comfortable about our own to hire our own. And don't get me wrong, I don't believe every black ex-player can coach or should be in the front office. I'm not that stupid. Just like I don't believe every white ex-player can coach or should be in the front office. But I do believe we deserve our fair chance. And that's why I love basketball, man. Basketball does a much better job these said facts. <laughs> you know, they do. They do a much better job of respecting their athletes. A guy, Steve Nash. Steve Nash went in, in basketball and can get a job. And people think it was an easy job because he's got three superstars in it. It's a hard job. Managing egos and different people and getting them to play and respecting you. You know, Kyrie Irving can look at Steve Nash and say, man, you can't. Man, I, I could have wore your ass out back in the day. And he'd probably be right. But you... He has, Steve Nash has that guy's respect to get him to play hard for him. So it's not as easy as people think, but basketball respects their players to the point where you can be an ex-player and roll off, just finish your last game like a Jason Kidd or someone like that, and you can get a a, a head job. In football, they make you go back to Pop Warner. Mm. You know, they make you go back to, your cousin Seven is, is playing Pop Warner flag. That's where you'd have to start. That's where I would have to start if I want to learn how to become a coach, which is the dumbest thing. Because when I finished playing, I was as smart as anybody coaching me. Any defensive coordinator that I played with, and I played on a three different system, I could have coached, but I wouldn't have gotten a job because they would have told me I had to start someplace else, which is unfair. Why are you, are you laughing? I mean, why is that funny? It's not funny. I'm saying, like, you're just speaking facts. I'm just like, hey, facts. Everything is saying straight facts. Oh, like, like, there's nothing I no, disagree I, it's with. It's almost you right like now. you're like, yeah, that's why I play basketball. I told, you. <laughs> I told you, I knew what the hell I was talking about. No, but like everything you're saying is facts. It's like it's just like a, like even like the whole like how they handle like Black Lives Matters and stuff like that is a big difference too. It's just like it's just like this is a complete difference between basketball and football how they handle their players and how they handle society. I'm about, I, I wonder, do you believe? Because we don't in the basketball, you only have one black owner in basketball. So yeah. why is that? Is it because it has to be because of the players? Mm-hmm. You know, the players do more for their sport from a from an understanding perspective, in, in that they're more involved, and which is kind of weird. They're more involved, and there's less of them, right? They're only twelve to fifteen players. You know, where we have fifty-two, mm-hmm. um, but still. They, they make an impact. They make noise. And, I, and I, I love basketball players for that because the sports the sports need more of that. Baseball, basketball, boxing, auto racing. It doesn't matter. We need to use that platform to make a difference 
in in society. Ultimately, I do believe we are our brother's keeper. And if if they if we can't make a difference using our platform, then the platform is useless, man. It's kind of like you know having great information, and you don't want to share it with anyone. So I I, I, I do I do like that, and, and and basketball does a much better job than football. And I, don't I think that this is rather I think that this just better just listening to what the players are, just want want to do. You know, I think I feel like. In football, you you realize there was so much drama from like the backlash of like Colin Kaepernick being there, but the NBA was like automatically on Colin Kaepernick's back. It was just like, no, we're gonna support him, even though we're the uh, NBA, we're gonna support this this black athlete trying to make a difference. And like it's 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 just I don't, I don't I just don't understand how. And I don't want to say like football is evil, but like the people who like <laughs> evil. No, the people who behind the scenes in football, they just seem really evil to me. If you if you know what I mean. I I, 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 I just don't. I, I don't know if it's evil. I think you have a group of people that have gotten away with something for so damn long that it doesn't matter. They it, it doesn't matter. You had a week ago. You had a week ago where the NFL came out in public and said, you know what, there's this concussion thing going on. What we've been doing, we've been using a different level to make determination for black players than for white players. Now, them making that statement is interesting on two levels. Mm-hmm. One, that they had the temerity to make that statement, and the other, that they had the temerity to make that statement. Mm-hmm. All right? Because it says something about what they think about us that they can basically say whatever, even though it's true, they can say whatever, like, yeah, we said it. What you gonna do about it? Mm-hmm. And the notion, the, 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 the basis of it was that since black players are inherently dumber than white players, their baseline has to be lower because if we have them at a certain level, it's gonna be inherently low anyhow. So we can't start you here. We gotta move you down lower, you know, in order for you, I'm sorry, we gotta raise you up higher because you're inherently dumber than white people anyhow. So that's, but you know what? We're not gonna do that anymore. I'm like, really? So you guys just say that and that's it. That's what you think, we're just gonna leave that alone and we're done with this. The NFL got something else. They, 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 I think that they woefully underestimate what people thought about what they were doing and some of these decisions that they made. I think the NFL as a whole, um, NFL as a whole, they take certain things for granted. You know, mm-hmm. I remember, and I know, I don't know, I know you're not a huge, huge, huge football fan. I know you're a big Packer fan, but not a huge football fan. But years ago, there was a guy named Ray Rice. That was Ray Rice. Okay, so Ray Rice gets into an argument with his girlfriend. I don't want to bring up any, I know the story. any yeah. ugly things, right? He gets in, and, and, and they find out about it. So they bring Ray Rice in, the NFL does, and they say, uh, well, Ray, what happened? He said, well, I was looking at my phone, some chick was calling me, whatever, but my girlfriend snatched my phone. His girlfriend at the time, his wife now, shout out to them for still having a strong marriage, but snatched his phone from him. He snatched it back, and when he snatched it back, his girlfriend slash wife, slash fiance to be, spit in his face. So obviously he got angry, and then he, he, he beat her up. I mean, he, they got into it, and he beat her up, literally, and he's telling the story, what happened? And then he, you know, he ended up with me dragging her out of the elevator, and you know, you know, that's what happened. They said, okay, Ray, thanks for telling us the truth. And they suspended him two, two games for telling mm-hmm. the truth. Okay. Weeks go by, a video comes out, all right? The video confirms every single thing that Ray Rice said. He did not lie. They cannot accuse Ray Rice of lying to the NFL. He told the 100% truth. But when the video came out, guess what he did? They suspended him for the rest of the season. What the hell? So now all of a sudden, because I see a visual that confirmed what you already told me, now the, the punishment has to be harsher or more harsh. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that wasn't right to begin with. Yeah. But I'm saying what, what caused the change? What caused the change was that public outcry caused the change. Yeah. We saw it. That caused the change. You know, back in May of 2020, people saw a video that caused the change. It wasn't nothing new to black people. Nope, not at all. <laughs> it wasn't nothing new to black people. 
But white America saw it and like, oh my God. When Leroy said this happened, I didn't know that it really happened. Oh my God. He's got a snake on his throat. He's about to kill that Negro. And then it became a big deal. Yeah. Black people have been screaming about that forever. But until we see the, visu- the, 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 the video, because so much, many of us, black and white, are so visual that if we don't see the damn video, we don't really believe it happened. The NFL is visual. And if they don't see the damn video, and if you don't guilt them into saying something happened, really happened, don't expect the NFL to do a damn thing about it. They just won't. We didn't do anything. <laughs> like, because the police will never. The police, like, oh, listen, we the didn't police do will never pull a gun on you if you do nothing. Unless you got the video. <laughs> like we literally don't believe you. And you're looking and, for the driver's and license. And for any of you knuckleheads that want to talk about I'm anti cop, my dad is a cop. Right? So I grew up in a cop house. All right? So stop. You know, but you know, it's, it's just different, man. And, it, and I am hoping, and I'm not sure. Because I refuse to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. I do not. People are talking about all these changes that are being made, and it's different now. I don't know that it's different. I know we talk about it being different. You know, I know we talk about it di- being different. I know we, we you know, in, in law school, they talk about what you knew or you should have known. I know that you should know by now, unless you've been on a rock, what's going on out there in them streets. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's no different. I'm hoping that's not the case. I, I'm hoping that people are I taking this seriously. I know you're hoping it, but look, it's, it's no different. It's just now we have social media. That's that's it. it but there's no difference. Things still happen. You, you would think that after the whole George Floyd incident, oh, cops will, like, tame it down now. No, there's still there's still more videos coming out. It's, it, it seemed like it, no, in my opinion, it seemed like it got worse. I, I don't think, it, I'm, I don't know if it got worse or not because I don't know how good it was, to be honest with you. I, I don't know how you can quantify how good it is, you know. But I, I do believe, I, I would have to think that police forces are more cognizant of what could go on out there. I know they're more aware of the cameras. I, that part I do know. Mm-hmm. And the other part that we have to say to our, to our blue brothers out there that protect us, there's so many damn good cops, man. No, there is. There's so many damn good cops know, out there that, that 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 do their job and and are so a good people and they. And every think time about we talk like bad about cops, we're not talking about you. No, no, but, but what I'm saying like, that they they want to go home. Yeah, they want to go home. And do we want to live in a world like if I was a cop, man, I'm flying the safest corner and I'm going home. Mm-hmm. I ain't arguing with nobody. 187, shots fired. All right, what time I get off? <laughs> I holler at you. I'm not going to do it. Because, you know, if you're a cop now, it's like, do I want to take that chance? Do I really want to take that chance? Am I going to take the chance of not? So I, I sympathize with what the cops are going through. But I also think that there needs to be a measure of how we are training our police. I agree. And how we indoctr- indoctrinate them into the areas that they police and having them have a better understanding of, of the people that they interact with. And I don't know that, that we always do that. I don't know. As, as, I definitely as, as, don't think we do that. You know, we don't do a good enough job of that because, and when you don't, we end up talking about if it bleeds, it leads. And we're talking about those bad cops and it overshadows um, all the good cops. And we end up talking about the bad NFL players and it overshadows all the great NFL players and what they do on Tuesdays. We, we overshadow NBA cares. We undershadow, overshadow what the Major League Baseball has done in the inner city. We overshadow all those things. So we're always talking about the negative and we're not talking about enough of the positive that, that come out of these situations. So I'm like you. I, I, I hope that more positives are going to continue to come out of this situation. I'm not encouraged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not trying to be a cynic. I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. It's one of those situations like when you were a kid, I always used to tell you, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. But right now, I, I, I don't see I don't see the groundswell of where there's this gigantic amount of change. You know, um, I, I don't see it. So we'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait. We'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is across every sport. You know, every sport. And, and I, I do see this. Though. I see a new wave 
of a bunch of younger players. You yeah. know, whether it's in baseball or basketball or football, you know, I just see a, a wave of younger players. And maybe it's because of social media, why why we're seeing so many players that are that are visible. Um, and the other thing I see what you guys are doing. Why y'all having babies? <laughs> Eric, not every, but Eric, one of y'all, 24, 23 years old, somebody's pregnant. Don't look at me. I ain't, I ain't, no. Or somebody's married. I mean, shout out to all you young kids that want to get married and find your soulmate. Shout Listen, out to my bro, Marcus. Who just got my, engaged. My, my, my other son, Marcus, who just, just, got, engaged. just got engaged. And since I'm just going to, he knows me, I'm going to keep my comments. <laughs> but no, all joking aside, you know. Shout out uh, to, to all you young. I, mean, I look across the league. I look at, uh, I believe Kelly Uber. Kelly's engaged yeah, now. Yeah, Kelly, engaged. one of our kids. And, um, Justice Winslow. He's about to have a boy. son. Uh, um, and uh, Marcus, like you said, he's engaged. And, mm-hmm. and I look at, uh, um, I look across just guys coming out of uh, Houston. I, in fact, I was talking to Aaron Harrison this morning. Um, and he's famous uh, for. Uh, uh, Aaron, I was talking to Dad, Aaron. Okay, Aaron. Dad, okay, gotcha. And he's the father of Andrew and Aaron Henderson. <laughs> Harrison. And I just asked him, just on the group, I said, how the boys doing? He's told me they're, they're, they're doing well. Like, Anybody married? He's like, no, we're not married. I'm like, they're in the minority. So it just seems like your whole group, you know, your whole group is like from the class of like 2011 to like 2014, everybody's on this tip of getting married, having kids, Living their best life, I guess. But where do you see that coming from? Is that a is that a new school thing? Because no, we it's used actually to, not a new school thing. Run and hide. I think it's just a, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I don't think it's a new school thing either because they're saying millennials are not having any more kids anymore. Only, millenni- only millennial millennials are not athletes. having kids. Millenn- they're, they're saying like millennial general millennials are not having kids, not getting married. I guess anything. you athletes missed the memo. Because half of them, young NBA, hey. look at Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson was a, 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 a homeschool kid, mm-hmm. went to North Carolina, mm-hmm. played three years there, got drafted, been in the league. I think he was in the league one year married. Justin Jackson? I didn't know he was You know married. Justin Jackson? Married? No, Justin I didn't married. know been he was married. married. He probably married longer than longer than ever. And then, um, now who am I? I'm drawing a blank. A little point guard out of Houston that's at Sacramento. Um, uh, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, married. Did not know he was married to. Darren is twelve years old. <laughs> Can't even legally be married. It's not twelve years. <laughs> you know, but I'm saying it's just. I, what is the trend? Is it? Is it? I, this is what I know happened. There's a phenomenon that happened in the NFL and probably in sports, mm-hmm. and it happened when Magic Johnson got diagnosed with AIDS. There are a lot of guys who are like, you know what? We're being way too promiscuous. We're gonna shut it down, and a lot of guys end up getting married, uh, or or settling down when that whole Magic Johnson Johnson thing happened, and um, uh, it was a it was it was eye opening for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm just wondering, is that is there a sense of that now in sports for younger players because of a visibility? Okay, imagine you're you're just on a roster. And you just go through what the hell you went through, or what you're going through now. Mm-hmm. How do you come out of that? And like, well, yeah, I'm going to the club, just hang out and see who likes me. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't, you can't ever go anywhere to wonder who. You better, you know. If you got a good one now, and she's hanging with you, you're probably like, let me put a ring on it. You know, is that? Does it come from that? Does it come from social media? I think it's and how exposed you guys are now at this age. I don't, I don't I'm saying these guys. Is that you? No, it's not me. Uh, definitely no, not. That, me. It's not you because <laughs> your girlfriend's listening. Definitely. Who do we play in it? Because I saw the TikTok today too. Because Evan gonna beat you up if you. Yeah, TikTok is <laughs> whatever the hell it was. It was Instagram post. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Today. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's Instagram post. It was just a regular Instagram post. Which is a knockoff of TikTok. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Instagram was there along with the TikTok. Okay. It's an Instagram post. I just said happy anniversary. It's our two year anniversary of meeting together. But then you guys went to the hip hop and who was who was nicer. Who's oh no, no, that, that was a that who's, who's that a better person? I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, what's going on with you young kids needing to be married and needing to be needy? I think I, I think at an athlete standpoint, it's just like needing that type of security that's like home, like needing somebody to like, because I think 
I, I'm feeling that most athletes are very, very lonely. That's why their family is always like near them. Like their media family is always near them, or they always have a girlfriend or something like that. So I, I just feel like it's like the sensation of having somebody at home that's waiting for you after a long day, of, long day of hooping or playing football or doing whatever they they're doing. It's just it's their escape. Their escape is their family and like. See, but back, when when I was back in my backsliding days when I was playing, oh, uh, when I used to come home, I always had Jack, Jose Cuevo, and um, Miller, or Bud. They were all there waiting for me when I got home. Well, you're, you're, you're an alcoholic. That's what that seems like. <laughs> they were all there waiting for me when I came home. I had to worry about nothing. You have issues. So, so, <laughs> like, and I wasn't the only one. And then, you know, like, let's, let's be real. Like, sometimes it's like there's instances where they're fooling around with some girl unprotected and end up having kids. Well, no, and I, no but I, I think in each of these cases, though. No, but I, these cases, I don't think so. No, I, I think that they're genuine. Yeah. I don't see any one of these cases. I'm not talking about them. No, no, no. no, no I know, and I know you're not. Let me but, get that clear. Yeah, but, and Just say, AKA if Justice sees this <laughs> or if. Marcus Lisa's or anything. I'm not no, talking about you. I'm I, just talking I, about I, other people. I would, I would say, and specifically in those two cases, these are genuinely young people that yeah. want to start families and want to be around people they want to be around. That's yeah, what, just, so that's just, what just, I'm presenting to you. I think it's just a sense of security. Yeah, sense okay. of security, at the end of the day, you have somebody to go back to. Mm. I think that's what it is. As opposed to just having a flavor of the day seven days a week? You know, some people don't want that. Some people want something consistent. Oh, trust me, that part I I, I understand. Uh, that that part of it I understand. I'm not saying I understood it when I was 20, 26. Uh, I'm not saying I, I understood it when I was 27, 28. You know, um, but I'm saying that you know at my age now I thoroughly understand that. I just don't understand. It's not I don't understand. I just thought it was curious to see how many younger players. Are committed. Look at Jason Tatum. J- Jason Tatum is what, nine, 20 years old? I don't know how old is Jason, Jason Tatum. Jason like Tatum can't be 21 years old. No, no. Jason Tatum can't be 24. No. I'm sure he's 24. I don't think he's that old. I'm looking it up. Look it up. But I'm saying Jason Tatum's got like a three year old. Yeah. You know, always there at the game. And there is a part of me now that would say this. When I was playing. 23. I was, okay. Well, that's why you in football. That's why you in basketball. All right, but he's 23, probably has a, tw- a three-year-old little boy, probably about three years old or so. And there was a part of me, though, that missed, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky, I'm glad that I, I did get a chance to have you around the locker room and being, you know, a part of, uh, you know, the success that I had and the wins and so on and so forth at a young age. Now, your two other siblings, they know nothing about that. So I always wondered what it would have been like to have, you know, to have uh, um, to have my kids around the locker room, have them grow up. I grew, I played with a guy named Doug Smith, and we we, <laughs> we used to have little Dougie and his brother running around the locker room. And when I tell you, little Dougie ain't little no more. Little Dougie wasn't little when he was little, but little Dougie is definitely not little anymore. You know, I saw them last week when uh, Mike Rozier was in town mm-hmm. uh, for for Heisman um, uh, Heisman. Uh, Nonprofit thing that he was doing last week, and they do a great, great job, by the way, Mike and his group. But it would have been interesting. I, I will say this: it would have been interesting to grow up with my kids, being able to see me play, as opposed to I think you only got like two or three years of me playing, um, which is I, a little I bit different. I don't even remember any of those years, to be honest. You, you, do you remember nothing about about me playing? Nothing at all? Nope, not really. Only the pictures that you sent, that you showed me. That's that's the only thing. That and that that was a, that and I, my memory is pretty good. Like knowing stuff when I was a kid but, and stuff like that. But watch this though, peep this. Until I started bring, I started going to the stand, grabbing my son and bringing him again, bring him to the podium. The rest is history. Now everybody does. Okay. Check it out. See, see if anybody was doing that before before nineteen uh before nineteen eighty seven when I did it. And then, especially with the same jersey as the dad. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> it's like, I guess I got to do some research about that. I don't know about that one. Oh, my God. We'll see. But, 
Yeah, man. But yeah, it, it, it's it's uh it's it's all it's all uh, interesting to just to look back on these things that way, and um, it's been once again just great to be able to have this conversation with you all. Um, we have ran the gambit today, and, and what's great about having a show that's interactive is the ability to, you know, just answer questions on the fly and and. Um, you know, just kind of delve into these different topics. So we are thanking you. We, we've covered topics that included uh, the Good News Minute, which included, you know, what our government is doing with these COVID vaccines and purchasing COVID vaccines for the world. And we jumped over into sports and what San Francisco, uh, the Giants did with um, the pride jerseys and bringing recognition and, and attention to uh, Pride Month. And then um, we moved over into the state of basketball and, and, and talked a little bit about KD and can he put that team on his back and are there enough stars to push this, this championship that we're going to be in front of um, very quickly, you know, one more set of series then we're talking about the championship. Then we jumped over to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and, and to just get a feel and, and Thanks to our unofficial guest, Alonzo Highsmith, for jumping in with some questions and making some valid points about what's going on with the Packers. And, you know, we, we, we stepped off a little bit in terms of, you know, the differences between the leagues and how, um, you know, how players in the different leagues and how they handle themselves and how they're allowed to handle themselves, more importantly. And, um, then we got over into a dialogue on young players and, and their recent need to be uh, um, more committed. And uh, we can talk about everyone from, uh, we talked about Justice Winslow, we talked about a kid that played with us named Marcus Lee who just got uh, engaged, a younger player that I, that I met uh, through family named Malik Beasley, married kids and, and, and probably, I think, separated, you know, just, just what young, what makes um, these younger players in the league um, want to have families at, at such an early age. Even the young guy at the Knicks, uh, breakout year this year, drawing a blank. The Knicks? Yeah, when you guys played in high school, oh, gave you a 50 Julius. piece. Julius. Yeah, Julius Randle gave you a 50 piece. You know what I'm talking about. He didn't give us 50 piece. He gave you, he gave you a 50 piece. He didn't give me a 50 piece. Actually, he did. I was there, I got the chance. Uh, but he didn't give me fifty pieces. Forty five. But anyway, <laughs> but how these young players, you know, you know, want to and, and gravitate to uh, the family situation and all that is great topics, great things to, to, to talk about and you know, great things for you guys to mull over and, and stay in the loop and following us on social media and any other comments you guys wanna add to that. Um, with a couple things. With a couple things. Oh yeah, well, how about we weren't we weren't done. I was just giving a recap. Well, you, you made it seem no, like no, you're no, done. Well, we, you know, then we go into the, the, you know, like the segue. So you know who I'm really listening to? Cause listen, music. I got really musical kids. I didn't get I, none of my kids. They they really have the musical gene from me, but they want to like deny it. But, We're denying it. But I have a bunch of really musical artsy kids, and. It's always interesting to see what's on their playlist. My, my, my middle, my, I guess my oldest daughter, she could be all over the place. I don't know what Danya likes, the baby. Danya I don't know, likes, I don't know no, what she Danya likes. Danya likes, her music playlist is similar to mine. Okay. Which is shocking. Yeah. And then he's all over the place. But I like, some of the young stuff I'm listening to, um, I like her. I really like, not like her, like I, I know, her, I know like you're H about. dot E dot R. I've been really listening to a lot of her stuff. Um, and going back and listening to some of her, so I think she's a really talented artist. So right now, if you went through my playlist, the top five songs would be her songs, mm -hmm. the stuff that I started listening to. And um, what we're gonna do, this is the first episode, but it, when we start loading some of the stuff, you'll, you'll start seeing some of our playlists on um, social media, and then we'd love to get your comments on what you think about the different playlists. What you listen yeah, to? Yeah, so um, I'm listening to a lot of Masego right now. So Who's Masego Masego your, your mother what? Masego. The hell with you too. <laughs> Masego, no, Masego. He's um, born in Jamaica, 
Mistake was born in Jamaica. Born in Kingston. I ain't never lived, heard of him. Uh, but lived His in, name uh, is Bob, not Bob Marley. I don't know. No, nah, born in Kingston, moved to uh, Virginia, lived there his entire life. He does like this um, jazz, hip hop, fusion type of Masego? music. Masego. A lot of Masego. Okay. I listen mm-hmm. to a lot of Gibeon. Gibeon is the one of the newest artists going on right now. Uh, another artist. Um, a lot of. Your daughter listens, Darren Danya. She loves to listen to him a lot too. Okay. So it'll be him, him, him. Who else am I listening to? Uh, the new J. Cola album came out. Hey, Marcus. Hey, buddy. <laughs> What's Congratulations, up? Congratulations, son. Congratulations, buddy. <laughs> but, um, so Masegla. Um, Masego. Gosh. <laughs> Masego, I listen to a lot of, you know, J. Cole's my yeah, favorite rapper, yeah, okay. so I listen to a lot of J. Cole, too. Um, I remember when you and Josh Winslow got in the biggest argument about J. Cole rapping and... and, and yeah, let's not start here. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, Marcus is thinking. You're welcome. But yeah, I think that's going to put a bow on this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to put a bow on this episode, and... um. Where you got to get like a double dose, you get it live, and then we get to clean it up, and then we post it as a podcast. So, um, looking forward for more uh, more interaction from you guys. And uh, the next thing that's going to be up, we'll be getting some guests. I reached out to a, an interesting teammate of mine. It's actually his name is Mark Patterson. Mark Patterson played wide receiver with us for the Raiders, and he has the distinction of climbing the highest peaks and mountains, uh, or highest mountain peaks across the world. That means Kilimanjaro, that means Everest, that means that. So he just finished a seventh peak about a month ago, a two-month trek or whatever it was. We were, follow, we were following him on Facebook. I'm trying to get him on just to explain, because the first thing I told Bill was like, yeah, I'm going to try to get him on. <laughs> and Bill was like, why did he do that? <laughs> so that will be the first question. I have, I have first, questions. That was the first question that we'll, we'll ask. And then we have people like, uh, who is, a, like I said, our unofficial guest. We're going to try and get Alonzo Highsmith here in person. That's um, all the old school guests. Well, then you I got some, some new school guests. Coach Jerome Allen, who's the head, uh, who's one of the head coaching candidates for the Celtics and has been uh, the second assistant for the Celtics for the last couple of years. So just a different array of people. And, you know, if you guys are looking for guests that you'd like us to try to get, let us know too and we'll try to get them on. But, get them on. but thank you so much for tuning in. It's always fun just to talk, man. What I love about doing this, especially with my son, is just I could just run my mouth for an hour or so, and, 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 and we just get it in. And obviously, you know, we always have different opinions. Yeah, man. So, um, yep, this is the closing for Old School to New School, episode one, Dad. Episode one, man. In the books. And, uh, yeah, follow us on social media at Old School to New School Podcast. Everything is spelled right now. <laughs> so we, it's fixed. So now it's called Old School to New School, uh, Old School, to New School Podcast. Follow that us on Instagram. Uh, you'll see our live on Instagram. Uh, and also follow the podcast on Spotify, Old School to New School. You'll find it on Spotify. Uh, yeah. Uh, if any of you guys want to message us about anything, um, just message us on, uh, well, DM Sean Jones on Facebook or uh, send us a DM on Old School to New School podcast on Instagram. And I can't get off without saying shout out to my teammate Malcolm Jones from Northeastern and my frat brother Jason Jones from Sacramento. Jason Jones is also a writer for The Athletic. Jason Jones, in fact, Jason Jones, I need a commitment. Jason Jones is going to jump on this airway pretty soon. (laughs) All right, you just committed yourself, Jason. (laughs) Uh, And I got a couple people that I might, I still have to ask them, so we'll see how those happen. Right now, right now, the right, right now, the old school is kicking their ass. That's all I'm telling. I'm, I'm, t- I'm trying to ask Wesley uh, Pizios Phillips. He's a lawyer that was actually was classmates with my dad. I'm trying to ask him. I'm also trying to ask. Uh, I'm hoping Marcus comes down. I'm hoping he comes down so I can get him on uh, on an episode. But it's Marcus. It's Marcus, but I definitely talked to I talked to Jordan about it. I talked to Jordan Jones, uh, his nephew, my little cousin, player from Cornell, is into stocks right now. 
And I might get Evan on, on the podcast too. And that would be kind of interesting. Let me see if that happens for that. Yeah, yeah so. I, I'd love to hear it. And then, uh, you know, if we, if we do that, I, I get uh, I get Tracy on here and my wife to talk. What is, uh, this is another conversation. I don't want to start a new conversation. But what's going on with travel and these crazy people that show up at the counter? It's stupid. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, Texas is turning to Florida. But we're going to wrap up on that note. We're not going to start a new conversation. But you All know right. where I'm going with that. All right, everybody. This is Old School to New School. I am Dylan Jones. Sean Jones. And we're out.